Uh, we're going to wrap up our series today, The Greatest Show on Earth. And my message for you today is titled simply this, The Good News. The Good News. We're going to dive right into God's Word today, Luke chapter number 2 and verse number 10. The Bible says this, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. Everybody say good news. Everybody say all people. We're going to kind of focus just on those four words right there, good news and all people. That's what the Bible teaches, that there is this good news that God has given, the message of Jesus Christ that is for everybody. It is for all people. I'm sure that uh, we've had moments in our lives, we've all experienced this, where somebody comes up and they say, I got good news and I got bad news. And generally, the, the question that follows is, which one do you want first? And our general response, mine, I don't know about you, most of us want the bad news first. And our hope, the thinking behind this is that if we get the bad news out of the way, maybe there's a little shock and there's disappointment and whatever with that, but we're hoping that the good news will be good enough to just kind of smooth over the bad news. You know what I mean? And just kind of cover that up, just kind of take care of it. And that'll just be, you know, you know, an afterthought after we get this good news. So most of us, we want the bad news first and then we, so we can just dwell on the good news. And maybe you've experienced this, parents, uh, you have one of your children come to you and I got good news and I got bad news. Which one do you want first? And you choose, of course, the bad news. And so they say, uh, well, the bad news is I got a D in math class. You're like, all right, what's the good news? And they're like, I didn't get an F. You know, and you're like, that's not really... That's not really good news. You know, that doesn't, that's not really helping out. That's not really smoothing over. And maybe you're getting some work done on your car and your mechanic comes to you and he's like, I got good news and I got bad news. And you're like, oh, great. Man, give me the bad news first. And he's like, well, uh, you know, he's like, your transmission is shot. Your brakes are bad. Your shocks need to be replaced. Your timing belt is broken. And you're just like, what? Is there any part of my car left for the good news? You know what I mean? And, and he's like, yeah, the good news is we rotated your tires for free. You know, and you're just like, it, it's, it's okay. So my car fell apart, but you rotated the, the tires for free. And I was like, well, praise God. You know, it's like, all right. Yeah, that's great. Well, you know, we've all experienced that. And today we have some bad news that we're going to talk about. But today we're going to focus on some good news. We're going to focus today on some really good news that the Bible talks about that is for all people. The message of Jesus Christ. And specifically today, I want to give you three reasons, three reasons why we share the good news of Jesus with others. Number one today, the first reason that we share the good news of Jesus with others is number one, Jesus gives new life. The Bible says this, uh, there's a conversation between Jesus and a guy named Nicodemus that they're having John chapter number three, verses three through five. And here's how the conversation goes. Jesus is trying to explain something to Nicodemus and he's not really getting what Jesus is trying to say. And Jesus replied, the Bible says, verse three, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean, exclaimed Nicodemus? How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? He's not getting what Jesus is talking about. And he's going, how, how is that possible? And Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God. No one can enter heaven without being born of water and of the spirit. 
being born of water, that's our natural, our physical birth. And Jesus says we have to be born of that and the spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. Today we have to just put our thinking caps on for a moment, I guess, and, and really make sure that we're, we're understanding what Jesus is saying. Because what he's saying here is both very important and very powerful. Jesus is teaching that ultimately there are two kinds of life. There is physical life and there is spiritual life. That's what's very important for us to see and very important for us to understand today. There are two kinds of life. There is physical life and there is spiritual life. And here is what the Bible teaches about spiritual spiritual life. This is the bad news today. Here's what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter number two, verse number one. The Bible says, once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, because of the decisions that I've made in my life, the choices I've made to disobey God, because of the moments where I've done what I knew was wrong and I've sinned against God, the Bible says that I am spiritually dead apart from God and apart from Jesus Christ. That's the bad news. The Bible teaches that we are While we are physically alive, we are spiritually dead in our sins. That's the bad news today. Here, let me me illustrate it uh, this way. Let me ask this question. Who in the room, you are somebody who, man, you enjoy being scared. Like you enjoy, you get like a rush out of watching like a scary movie or something like that. You enjoy that. Where you at? Come on, be proud. That's right. Raise the hands. Yeah, there you go. There's a few of you. Okay. Now how many of you are with me and you find absolutely no pleasure whatsoever in being scared? Yes. Where are you? Right. Exactly. There's a whole lot of you that are with me. I don't like being scared. I don't have days where I wake up and go, you know what? If I could just be scared to death today, that'd be perfect. And I don't wake up today, you know, like of all the things I could do, I just want to be scared out of my mind at some point in this day. That's my goal for the day God gave me. No, I don't enjoy that whatsoever. I despise horror movies. I don't see the entertainment factor in being scared literally almost to death. I don't get it. And I had an experience with a horror movie uh, at one point in my life. I was a kid. I was at a family reunion, nine or 10 years old. And so I'm there with my family at my aunt and uncle's house. And I go to get my plate of food. So I, I get my hot dog and chips. Because that's the way things worked in my family. I don't know how your family worked. But if you're like 10 years old and younger, you eat hot dogs. Everybody else was eating ribs, you know. But I guess like, like, like people under 10 don't eat ribs. You know what I mean? Like I don't. Not that I'm bitter 20 years later about my hot dog, but, but I get my hot dog and I sit down in the living room in a chair and, and then I'll start watching what's on television. Now, what's on television is a horror movie. It was the movie Night of the Living Dead. <laughs> Still scares me just to think about it. Anyways, uh, you know, I'm watching this movie and the plot of the movie is this. Dead people come back to life and they want to kill everybody. Well, I guess that's a good plot for a scary movie because that's a very scary thought. And I go home that night with that thought in my mind and I'm laying there in my bed and I'm just shaking with fear. And I got the covers pulled up like this, you know, and here's what I'm, I'm scared to death that, that some dead person that's somehow alive is going to bust through the window and they're going to get me. I'm a kid. You know what I mean? I'm scared to death. So I finally get the courage and I throw off the covers and I uh, throw open the door and I bolt down the hallway and, and, and get to my parents' room and I run in there and I'm just scared and I'm, I'm, I'm in tears. You know, I'm just like, I'm so scared. And my dad's like, go back to bed. 
Like, thanks a lot, dad. And here, and here's all dad said. He goes, just say, Jesus, help me go to sleep over and over until you fall asleep. So I'll run back down the hallway, slam the door behind me, jump into the bed, pull up the covers to here. And I'm going, Jesus, help me go to sleep. Jesus, help me go to sleep. Jesus, help me go to sleep. Jesus, help me. I think I just passed out. I don't even think I really fell asleep because I wasn't breathing. And I'm just, Jesus, help me go to sleep. Jesus, help me go to sleep. Jesus, help me go to sleep. And, and, and that's what happened. And, and that movie always messed with me because I didn't get it. Like, I don't understand how things can be dead and be alive at the same time. Like, that doesn't make sense to me. But when I hear this teaching from the word of God, when I wrap my mind around what God is saying, is that while we are physically alive, we are spiritually dead because of our disobedience, because of our sins, that because of decisions I made to do what was wrong, that has separated me from God, and I'm spiritually dead in my sin. And here, you know, when I hear that teaching, and I finally wrap my mind around it, that movie is like the first thing I think of, you know, things that are dead and alive at the same time, and I'm going, okay. You know, but that's what Jesus is talking about. There's physical life and there's spiritual life. And here's what the Bible says. It's Ephesians chapter number two, verse number eight. I want us to hear this today. The Bible says, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. It is a gift from God. What the Bible is telling us is this. We are separated from God. We're dead in our sins. We need to be born again as Jesus is talking about so that God's spirit can bring spiritual life to us and take away our situation of being spiritually dead in our sins. And the Bible says that when we believe in Jesus Christ, when we put our faith in him, we are born again. And what the Bible is saying is that Jesus does for us what we could never do for ourselves. He's saying it's a gift from God. When you believe in Jesus by faith, you're saved by grace. Grace is receiving what we did not deserve, what we never could have earned. That's the grace of God. And what the Bible is teaching is God loves us so much. He cares about us so much that he's willing to do for us what we could never accomplish on our own. And God is able to take us to a place of new life, to a place of spiritual life. It is the gift of God to find salvation in the good news of Jesus Christ. But the bad news today is that there are many who are away from the Lord. Life is a struggle. Life is full of difficulty. And there are many people who are dealing with all of those things away from a loving God and away from relationship with him. And maybe you've got family members, friends who are struggling through things away from God and you've tried to reach out to them maybe and you've tried to invite them and, and, and maybe they haven't responded and you're going, man, I, I don't know what to do. And here's what the Bible says about how God feels about those who are far away from him. The Bible says this in 2 Peter chapter number three and verse number nine. The Bible says the Lord really isn't being slow about his promise as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. That, the Bible is teaching that we should not give up on anyone who's away from Christ because God is not giving up on them. God loves them dearly. Jesus Jesus gave his life for them. Jesus is waiting to make a difference and bring restoration and bring healing to their lives. And so we've got to keep reaching out to people because the Bible says God is not giving up on anyone. He wants everyone to come to this new life in Jesus Christ. So we've got to keep on praying. Basically what I want to say is this. We need to keep on praying as though it all depended on God. And we need to keep on working and reaching out and inviting people as though it all all depended on us. 
We've got to share the good news of Jesus. The message that he loves you, that he's there for you, that he wants to walk with you through these things. That's the message of hope in Jesus Christ. And I know that there are times in our spiritual journeys, I know for me as well, there are times where I know I feel as though I have a lot more questions than I have answers for. And I struggle with things, I struggle with circumstances and situations and experiences that I have that I don't understand and I can't make sense of it and and we're dealing with things and, and, and we're in places in life maybe where we don't know what to do with them and maybe that's where you are today in your spiritual journey and you're struggling through things and and there's that part of you maybe in your heart you're going I want to believe I, I want to believe this message about Jesus I, I want to believe that there's a God that loves me but maybe in your mind you're struggling with those things and in, in your heart there's the questions and you're going what do I do there's an amazing story in the Bible in Mark chapter number nine and verse 24 of a man in his spiritual journey and he's struggling to believe God's power to heal and he's fighting through that and he comes to Jesus and he has this moment with Jesus here's what he says Mark 9 24 he says immediately the Bible says immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears Lord I believe help my unbelief I love this scripture because what this scripture tells me is that I don't have to have it all together to come to God what this scripture says that I don't have to have it all figured out to come to Jesus. That, that church is not a place for the people who've got it all right and who have it all figured out. This is a place for people who are on a spiritual journey to continue to connect with God, to come to God in honesty. God can handle your honesty today. You don't have to figure it all out. You don't have to have it all together. You can come to God and say, God, I don't understand this but I want you to help me believe. God, I've got questions, but I want you to help me believe. God, I'm frustrated, I'm upset, but I want you to help me believe. God will answer that prayer. He will not ignore you. God will reach out to you because he loves you and he'll help you in the process. He'll show himself faithful to you. He will prove himself that he loves you, that he'll walk with you, that he'll be there with you. That is the good news of Jesus, that God is there for you, that he loves you, that he cares for you, You don't have to have it all together today to come to Jesus. You don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to have it all figured out. You can come to Jesus today and he'll begin to work in you. He'll begin to help you as you begin the process of new life with Jesus Christ. That's why we're starting a new campus in Midwest City because there are people who need to hear the message. That's why we're reaching out. We've got to speak and live this message for the world to hear because Jesus really is good news. He really does love love us. He really does care. He really can bring change. And we want people to experience the the, the journey of life with Jesus Christ. We got to go. We got to pray like it depends on God. And we got to work like it depends on us. Number one, Jesus gives new life. We've got to share the good news of Jesus because Jesus gives new life. Number two, he doesn't stop there. Jesus gives us new life. But then number two, Jesus makes our new life more abundant. He makes our new life more abundant. John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus said it this way. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Everybody say more abundantly, more abundantly. Here's where we have to have a moment of confession as Jesus is talking about this abundant life. You know, it's like, what does that mean? And and for me, I have to have a moment of honesty here and just say, you know what? I'm not very good at being content in life. I struggle a lot of times, and maybe you're there with me, maybe you're watching online and you're with me, I struggle with being jealous and envious of what other people have. 
There are a lot of times we look at other people and we think maybe if I could just have that position, you know, you look at your boss or your supervisor at work and you just think, if I had that job, I mean, if I had that pay raise, maybe if I had those benefits, if I had those things, life would be better. And we, we do that. I do that. We, we, we live in envy and jealousy sometimes of what other people have, just, just wishing and chasing after those things, after money and after power. And, and we see the, the new cars and we want this and we want the new house and a new boat and we want more toys and we want more things. And, and that's a struggle for me. I want many times the things in this life and I want them badly. And, and we reach out. Sometimes it's relationships. You know, we're with this person and we see somebody else with that person. And it's like, man, if I was with them, everything would be better. If, if, if I had that life, things would be all right. You know, we're not good. I'm not good at being content with my situation. That's a struggle that we have. The problem is many times I'm chasing after things that aren't abundant life and that can't bring abundant life. I'm chasing after things that can't satisfy my soul. It's great to have the house and the cars and the job and the promotion and all of those things, but they're not gonna satisfy my soul. They're not gonna make me content. That's true freedom. True freedom is being content no matter what my circumstances. True freedom is having satisfaction deep down in my soul. And the things of this world cannot do that. Let me tell you this story again from when I'm a little kid. I walked down in my backyard one day and my neighbor Jacob, he was like my best bud growing up. He had just gotten a new toy. He had just gotten the Sergeant Slaughter action figure complete with a new tank, you know? And I'm just like, that's the toy I've been dying to get. I mean, I've been telling everybody about it. I've been telling my parents about it. I've been desiring it. I've been looking at it. Every time the commercial comes on forward, I'm just, you know, I'm jumping up and down. I want this toy so bad. Now he's got the toy. And so I run back inside and I work up the tears and I go to my mom and I'm like, oh, I want the toy and he's got the toy and I don't have the toy and if I don't get the toy, I'm never gonna melt to anything and my life's never gonna be happy and I'm never gonna have joy and I'm never gonna be fulfilled. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's just how it works. I just, I have to have this toy. So my mom breaks down and she takes me to the mall and we buy the toy and some of you are like, oh man, can't believe she bought the toy. And some of you are like, I knew he was a spoiled little brat, you know? I could just tell, you know? And it, she did, she, she broke down and uh, she got me the toy and and how many of you know that I loved that toy and I was happy with that toy? That toy was great for about two weeks. And then I wanted something else. And that just doesn't happen to little kids. That happens to the big kids too. And so many times we chase after things in life that can't bring us true satisfaction and fulfillment. And I can tell you that is a miserable way to live. It is a torturous life to be in that place where I'm seeking after things, chasing after things that cannot satisfy me, that cannot truly bring me fulfillment. It's a shame that I'm not better at learning from the stories of those who have had the fame and fortune, the power and the possessions, but still weren't happy, but still weren't satisfied. You think of stories of the well-known and the famous, you think of people like Elvis. By the world standards, he had it all. He was wealthy beyond belief. Every woman in the world wanted him. He had the talent and the ability to just sway the world from the stage. He, he created culture and not just that. He didn't just create culture. He transcended that culture. He was above all of those things, but he wasn't satisfied in his soul. And he chased after the money. He chased after the power. He chased after the fame. He chased after the sex. And when those things didn't work, he turned to drugs, he turned to alcohol. He turned to something to try to find it because nothing was bringing him satisfaction. And that's a sobering story to hear for me and for you today because that story tells me 
It tells all of us that you can chase after money, but contentment isn't there. We can chase after power, but satisfaction isn't there. I can chase after sex and pleasure, but fulfillment isn't there. Because abundant life is not any of those things. Abundant life is being free from those things. Abundant life is being able to live in whatever situation we're in and be content and be happy and have joy. And that comes, we believe today, through relationship with Jesus Christ. And here's what the Bible says. Let me contrast that kind of life with this life, the life of the apostle Paul in the Bible. And his life wasn't all pleasant. His life wasn't free from trouble. It wasn't free from trial. It wasn't free from any of those things. Listen to what he says though. Philippians 4, 11 through 13. He says, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret, he says, of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in one. I can do all things through him, through Christ who gives me strength. He said, I found the secret. My life hasn't been great. I've had times where I've been in need, where I've been wanting, where I haven't had enough. And, And I've been there. You've been there. Those who are online, you've been there too. We've all been in those moments of life where we were in need and didn't have enough and there was no contentment. He said, I found the secret and the secret is in Jesus Christ. And we can come to Jesus and take that journey with him and discover the freedom of, of not having to live chasing after what the world has to offer us because those things leave us empty and leave us broken. And today Jesus is in the business of making broken people whole. That's what Jesus does for us. And that's the good news of Jesus. That's why we've got to share. We've got to reach out. We've got to go after people. We've got to tell them the story. We've got to share the news. We've got to pray like it depends on God. And we've got to work like it depends on us. Today, you're here. Maybe you're struggling with those things. You're chasing after those things. I want you to know that Jesus is here for you today that he wants to walk alongside you, he wants to walk with you, he wants to take this journey with you, you don't have to do it alone, Jesus will do this with you. He wants to do this for all people, for all people, this is the good news. Jesus gives new life, and then he takes that new life and he makes it more abundant. Jesus does for us what we could never do for ourselves, and then Jesus gives us what we could never give ourselves, contentment and fulfillment and real satisfaction in our soul. He'll walk with us. He'll go with us to bring us to that place of freedom and contentment in life. Jesus gives new life. He adds, or he makes that life more abundant. And then number three today, number three, third reason to share the good news of Jesus with all people, to share it with others, is Jesus adds hope to life. Number three, Jesus adds hope to life. I want you to know today that Jesus gives hope through trials and through difficulties. Maybe you're here today and and you're struggling through those hard times. And you're in one of those places and We know that life is not free from trouble and stress and anxiety and difficulty. You've been there. I've been there as well. Maybe that's where you are today. And you're struggling because your marriage is hurting. Maybe your family is falling apart. Maybe people who loved you or were supposed to love you have abandoned you. They've left you. They've walked out on you. 
And in your mind, you replay those moments and there's hurt and there is pain and there are questions in your mind and you're going, what do I do with this? I, I don't understand this. I don't get this. And what I want to say today is this, that when I'm in times like that, when you're experiencing those things, the Bible speaks a very powerful message for us. My prayers that it'll encourage you today. It's Joshua chapter number one and verse five. And the Bible just says this. God says, I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. I won't leave you alone. I won't let you go. I love that scripture because what that scripture says is that I can face difficulty in hard times. And in those moments, I can abandon God. But the Bible says, God won't abandon me. In those moments, I can choose to step away from God, but God won't step away from me because God loves us. He is there for us. He wants to walk with you. Life is messy. Life is difficult, but there is a God who wants to be there for you and be there with you. Today, the Lord will not leave you. He will not forsake you. He loves you too much to let you go. God will chase after his people. He will chase after his children. There is hope today in Jesus Christ because he will be with us through the difficult times. I want you to know today that there is hope in Jesus that does not lead to disappointment. We deal with disappointment today. Maybe you have dealt with that as well. Maybe you have put your hope and your trust in other things that have let you down. Maybe you put hope in financial security and today you're suffering. You used to have the well-paying job with the good benefits. Maybe the retirement accounts were there and, and, and the IRA and the 401k were, were, were doing well and there was optimism and, and, and that was great, but the job maybe is no longer there and the benefits are gone and the retirement accounts are draining or empty and you're going, what do I do? You're saying, I've put hope in things before and it's led me to disappointment. How do I know I can put hope in Jesus and not be led to disappointment? The Bible speaks to us today a very powerful message from Romans chapter number five and verse five. Here's what God says about his hope that he gives. The Bible says, and this hope will not lead to disappointment for we know God dearly loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. How do I know that God will not disappoint me in this hope that I have in Jesus Christ. What is my guarantee? What is my proof? The Bible says the proof is the change that Jesus has made in my life as I've gone step by step in this spiritual journey and in this process with him. As I've come to faith in Jesus Christ and I keep taking steps in that relationship with him and he keeps changing me and he keeps molding me and he keeps making me into a new person and he keeps helping me struggle with the things I'm struggling with. And in moments of honesty, I can speak out to God and say, I'm frustrated with this. I'm struggling with this and I'm dealing with this. And God's proven track record of being there for me and bringing change into my life, that's my proof. That's my guarantee. It's the difference that Jesus has made in my life and that he's maybe made in your life today. It's the stories that we have. It's the testimonies that Jesus has changed us. He's forgiven us. He's saved us. He's brought us to those things and we're still on the journey. We're still doing better. We're still getting better. We're still dealing with things and coming to Jesus and he's still offering us help and hope, but that hope doesn't lead to disappointment and we can know that today. We can have assurance because of the difference he's made in our lives. But there are many people who live without that. There are many people who don't have that hope in Jesus. We've got to share the good news because the good news of Jesus isn't just hope for here. It's not just hope for today. It is hope that he'll be with you, that he is with you today. That's hope. It won't lead to disappointment, but ultimately that hope leads to a hope in heaven. 
There is a hope of heaven. Let me illustrate it this way. Let me talk to you for a moment about Christmas. And I know it's July. Some of you guys are like, does he know it's 170 degrees outside? You know, he's talking about Christmas. We're thinking about snow right now. And, you know, it's, it's ridiculously hot outside. But let me talk to you about Christmas for a moment because there's something amazing. When we're kids, especially, not so much as adults, but when we're kids, there is a thrill and an anticipation for Christmas. You're counting down the days. You know what I mean? How many of you, when you were growing up, you searched the house when your parents were out to try to find your gifts ahead of time? Yeah. You ever found those gifts? How many played with them? You took it out of the box and played with it. Any of you ever, you broke a toy while you were trying to play with it. Anybody? Yeah. And maybe that's some of you, that's the first time you ever prayed. It's when you found that toy and you played with it and you broke it. You didn't even know how to pray at that point. You just prayed every prayer you ever heard. You're just like, God, this toy's broke and thank you for this food. And you're like, God, my transformer won't transform anymore, but I know you're the great transformer in the sky. And God, and if all those Bible stories are true and Jesus and Abraham walked on the water over at Lake Hefner and, and, and Moses, Moses parted the Red River so that Oklahoma could beat Texas. And, and you, you don't even know, but you're just praying. You're bargaining with God. God, if you do this, if you fix this toy, I'll, I'll never do anything wrong. I'll honor my parents. I'll love them. You know what I mean? And that's just the way it is. But hey, we love Christmas. We were dying for Christmas to come. We had that hope. There was a thrill. And that's the thrill that Jesus ultimately gives us. We, we still go through difficulties. We still go through hard times. But ultimately, as we walk with Jesus, as we journey with him, there is a hope and a thrill of what waits us. Revelation chapter 21 verses 3 through 7. Listen to the word of God. One final passage. I heard a shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people and he will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, look, I am making everything new. And he said to me, write this down for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. And he said also, it is finished. I am the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. All who are victorious will inherit these blessings and I will be their God and they will be my children. There is a day that is coming with the hope we have in Jesus. That while we cry today, while we have sorrow today, we have a promise of the hope that God is with us even now. The hope of Jesus isn't far off just in heaven. The hope of Jesus is right here and it's right now. And maybe you're here today and you're struggling through that. You're living through difficulty and you're going through trials and you don't know what to do. And you're struggling. Maybe you're online and you're fighting through those things and fighting through that pain and I want you to know there's good news today. There's good news for you in Jesus Christ. That Jesus, you, you can begin a, a journey with Jesus today and he'll begin to help you and he'll walk with you and he'll do life with you. He'll do for you what you and I could never do for ourselves. That's the good news of Jesus and we gotta share it with everybody because this news is for all people. We're going to Midwest City. We're starting a campus there. We're, we're not going to stop there. We're going to keep going. We're going to keep reaching out because people need to hear this message, the good news of Jesus Christ. He brings new life. He makes that life more abundant. And then he adds hope to that life.